in the syndication business, we don't have a business without our investors, right? You know, that's something that is near and dear to us as a company. Um, People have worked very hard for their money and, you know, they're trusting you as an operator and you're a steward of their capital, right? We would rather over-communicate to our investors and just show that respect. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. We are back again with our guest, Shane Thomas. Again, I hope you listened to yesterday's segment with him, uh, but you're going to hear, again, us continue the conversation. We're going to dive into all the way, you know, those those asset management reports or property management reports, right? We took those yesterday and we're taking those all the way to the investor today and what those reports should look like. Shane, welcome back to the show. Honored to have you on again. Hey, thanks, Whitney. Happy to be here again. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm glad the listeners are back with us again today. Just in case you missed yesterday, I hope you'll go back and listen uh, to Shane's interview or yesterday where we dove into man these reports that you get from property management, right? And what you should expect as, as the asset manager, or if you're not the asset manager on the team, maybe you're managing that individual. And he, he just laid out a number of things that uh, you need to know whether you're right. that person or not. You need to ensure they're looking at these things. He, he listed out a number of uh, of leading indicators that he looks at on a weekly basis. Uh, it's just a great list of things that I hope that you as an operator are looking at, or if you're a passive investor, that you're ensuring your operators yep. watching as well. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna take continue that conversation today and, and dive into you know all the way down to the investor update. Uh, and so let's do just that, uh, Shane. Again, thank you, uh, you know, for your time with us again. Uh, and so you know, yesterday we we were talking about those leading indicators and things you're watching, and all the way down to you know your asset manager and your fractional CFO, and then putting this stuff together. And and you know, let's just continue there. And, and I, I want to get all the way to. To the investor update, you know, itself, right. right? And so now you've gathered this information, they've looked at this together, you know, let's just keep going from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, obviously, you know, in the syndication business, we don't have a business without our investors, right? right. And I think, um, you know, that's something that is near and dear to us as a company. Um, people have worked very hard for their money. And, you know, they're they're trusting you as an operator and you're a steward of their capital, Right. And I think, you know, uh, based on some of my experience as an LP, you know, there was, you know, a lot of communication up front when we were hey, trying to buy the deal and then I invested passively. And then there was just no rhythm or cadence, you know, it was just, you know, they would give updates, you know, kind of, you know, just randomly. And, you know, and, and honestly, some of the deals performed well, but I don't think those operators, you know, would have performed as well in today's market, you know, and so. You know, we we kind of have this saying that, you know, kind of no news is, is generally considered like bad news, you know, and so we would rather over communicate to our investors um, and, you know, um, and just sh- show that respect. Right. So a couple of things before we get into reports, you know, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. If somebody reaches out to our team, you know, we've got a separate, you know, current investors inbox. And I told my team within 24 hours, your business hours, they need a response, you know. These folks have invested 50, 75, 100K plus. They need a response. We may not know the answer, but we need to respond to them and say, hey, we're looking into it. You know, so that's kind of like one of the rules at our company, if you will. Um, and you know, I just I just take that to you know customer service, right? Um, you know, I think as an LP, it's one thing that if people are not responsive from the beginning, that's generally not a good sign. Um, so you know, what we've developed, you know, and, and it's nothing that's rocket science, but I think. Our whole philosophy is that we want to treat our company, even though we're a smaller boutique, 
like a larger institutional private equity firm, right? So that, you know, if we were going to start doing deals with family offices, private equity, we have the systems reporting processes down pat, right? And I think that comes with, um, you know, a starting point for us is taking all this data that we do on a month-to-month basis. And sure, there's probably one or 2% of the investor base that wants all that data. But more often than not, most of these folks, you know, want the summary view, right? How it impacts them and their investment. And so we take all that data and on a monthly basis, without fail, you're going to hear about your deal and from Catalyst Equity with the standard monthly report, you know? Um, in the first year when we buy a property, and generally what we buy, Whitney, is value-add deals that, you know, between the first 18 months or so is really when we're doing the heavy lift. Um, we always do a six-month six webinar, right? Because one thing to send out a, you know, a monthly report, it's in PDF, you got all the addendums and financials attached. But at six-month mark, we say, hey, you know, you guys invested six months ago. We do a webinar, which is, you know, 30 to an hour long. You know, we go dive deep into our quarterly results and then we give an opportunity. We a talk about what's coming next, what our challenges are risks. Um, and then we give an opportunity for folks to ask questions. They could ask questions throughout the whole time anyway, but it gives them an opportunity to hear from us, you know. Um, and then on a yearly basis, we do an annual webinar, right? And that's a reflection of basically like how do we do, you know, kind of grade us from we intended to do this, our projections, this is what happened. And then we kind of give a go forward of this next year, right? And I think, you know, we always talk about the risks. We always talk about the challenges. We talk about the wins as well. Um, and then go forward from there. Well, monthly uh, reports happen every month without fail. And then we do annual webinars. Um, so that's kind of our standard. And then if there's anything that happens, you know, in the interim, you know, COVID was a good example, right? Instead of having monthly reports, Quite frankly, for like, I think two, three months, we were giving weekly reports, just to let investors know, quick emails, hey, this is what's happened, this was our occupancy, you know, we can't evict, et cetera. So we did that. And then we scaled that back when things kind of came back to normal. You know, if we've got a challenging deal for whatever be the reason, right, we'll do a, a webinar, even if it's halfway year two, right? Wasn't scheduled, but hey, you know, we're gonna do a webinar. If we're gonna go sell or refinance a deal, you know, we'll do a webinar to say, hey, this is why, you know, we did an analysis. This is why we think we should refinance, et cetera. So we've got our standard process. And then there are these ad hoc, you know, kind of uh, um, items that happen that we, you know, address those. But I think given that cadence um, and the fact that, you know, our, 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 our folks on our team respond to investors within 24 hours, you know, um, you know, we 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 just want to give that good customer experience because you know we're not perfect. Our, not all of our deals are perfect. There's always in challenges. These are investments. For sure. But we want an, a, the investors to know that we're doing everything we can, and and that that's that's basically our process. Yeah, you know, I guess help us to kind of see your update. You know, right audibly. Uh, you know, like if I was looking at your update, uh, you know, I guess what's kind of a layout that that you all present to investors and and what are some crucial things that you know you're definitely including on a monthly basis you know yeah. I mean, whether it's market data or whether it's deal specifics occupancy to whatever you know details there to distributions to you know what give us some yeah. i guess yeah, paint, yeah, yeah. paint a picture for us yeah yeah basically i mean it's it's really it starts with we've got a report that has you know and this is the flow right it starts with sponsor commentary right and basically that's Hey, we just ended the month of June. 
you know, our occupancy was X, Y, and Z, compare that to last month or last quarter, whatever's relevant. Our collections were X, Y, and Z, uh, you know, above or below budget for whatever reasons, you know, talk about any, you know, uniqueness in the expenses. Like sometimes, you know, in Texas, taxes will come out and you'll have to accrue or you had a insurance renewal. So those are like one-time events. So we kind of give the sponsor commentary that helps them understand that month, right? And then we've got, you know, basically a PL summary. And essentially that PL summary at a high level says, you know, what are, you know, on a yearly basis, a T3 basis, which means last three months and a T1 basis, right? Where are actuals re relative to budget and the variance for that. So then, you know, we could say, hey, you know, T12 is here, but we're trending upwards or whatever the story is. We've got charts that follow to show kind of the, you know, key trends and expenses. And then we've got a CapEx update, you know, which after we've completed the plan, that becomes uh, a little bit more light. But in the first one to two years, it's, hey, we knocked out phase one of our of our uh, CapEx plan, which was most of the exteriors. We're now doing, you know, 10 units a month on the exteriors. They're getting this lease trade out. You know, these are some of the challenges we're having with materials and sourcing. So and then we include pictures of this is the before unit, this is our after, this is our old signage, this is our new signage. So we include pictures. And then at the end, we kind of close out with a admin slash distribution, right? So if it's admin, it's, hey, you know, we've got a webinar coming up, you know, your invite will follow or, hey, taxes um, are going to be available in the portal March 15th. You know, if it's a distribution month, we talk about, hey, you know, this is our, this is our results. This is what we're going to distribute these are what we're keeping in reserves this is when you're going to get it so that's the general premise of our report and then we've got attached to that you know we've got the PL balance sheet you know a rent roll and then in our portal our investors can go and you know download the 200 different reports that you know our property manager shares with that if they will if they want to I should say can I ask what uh, portal you know investor portal you all use yeah, we're we're on uh, IMS. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, like real page. Yeah. Yeah, real real page. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm familiar, uh, quite familiar with them. Uh, but uh, so you all you all ultimately will upload those reports from property management to the portal, uh, and then investors can log in and and see those reports. Yeah, yeah. I would say less than two percent actually will review that. Yeah. I think with our our PDF that's ours and those three main statements balance sheet. Uh, P&L and rent roll, you know, most investors are, you know, that that satisfies them, you know? Yeah. Every once in a while, I get an investor that had called me at like eight in the morning. He's like, Whitney, I was looking at, at page 13, line 42 <laughs> yeah. last night at, at midnight. And I, you know, you know right, but that's right. very rare, right? But right. However, I do love that I, I do that that information is available, right? Yeah. Or just putting it out there, just the transparency, you know, of that as well. That you all are, are putting it in a portal or if you want to see it it's there we're happy to walk right. you through it you know right or answer questions and and uh uh but at least it's you know it is available right so they can see it you know th this report too i i uh I, you know even internally at lifebridge you know it's, it's like uh, it's morphed into a number of things right you know over a lot of time and as we try to improve this process you know are there any ways that you found to maybe streamline this, you know, in a way that maybe you didn't know two years ago, right? You know, or, or any thoughts behind 
uh, you know, hey, you know, when we re- when we started doing it this way or this process from these reports or I, I don't know, just any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. That? So I, I think I think that's a great question and one that honestly we grappled with for a couple of years, you know, because you know, you get you get a report from one property management company, it looks a little different, then you're trying to analyze it. This deal story is different. And I think the game changer happened for us when we have our asset manager and fractional CFO and we built a template, right? We literally built a template that we take all this data, right? And we push it into our template that we use to analyze our cash and all this stuff. And then that standard template, we've got, you know, basically our report tabs, you know, and we're pulling the same data that we've already mapped into our template. And then we're pulling that data. And so our asset manager is not thinking like, oh, for this deal, I got to go do this. And for this deal, I got that this property management software doesn't have this data. We've already figured that all out, right? And so when we come to generating reports, it's really the numbers are already there. It's really the story that we just have to do every month, you know? And I think that's been a, a huge game changer. And a couple other things that we that we have in our report now that I think of what it is, you know, we, we've got, hey, you know, because a lot of times investors are in 20 deals, right? They don't know that, hey, we bought this deal at this time, you know, this is the equity, you know, this was the, this is the value right now. This is our interest rate. Um, another thing that we do, Whitney, is we create, you know, this may begin to too much detail, but a lot of investors want, need to update their schedule of real estate owned, right? SREO. And in the beginning, I used to get random emails, like, you know, somebody's buying a deal or whatever. And they're like, hey, I need, you know, these 20 things filled out, right? And then, you know, in the beginning, we're like, okay, we'll do it. And then starting like four years ago, we just said every deal, we've got a template. It's going to answer every question you need. It's on the portal for your deal, download it, and you can fill it out, you know? And so that kind of alleviated some stress from our, our back office team. Okay. So that's helpful. I mean, that's that's a way that you're adding value to your investors, right? And and you're relieving that burden for your team, right? And I just, I love that because it provides an immediate response to your investors too that need that. Right here's yep. the information. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm I'm traveling, or my my business partner. Right. When we didn't have a team traveling, I'm you know tra- you know and I'm like you know what? And this was a total game changer. And we communicate that up front. We buy a deal. Hey, these are our admin steps. You know, welcome. Frequently asked questions. We've got this guide, and this is here. And so, I mean, it's reduced. I mean, honestly, I probably get. I used to get you know just call it I don't know five requests a month, and I probably get five requests a year now. You know. Yeah. And those folks just didn't remember that it was there. So Shane, I'm going to shift gears just slightly here, uh, but just to a few final questions, uh, you know, in the show, but, I, but I know you are also uh, involved in acquisitions and are good at acquisitions and finding deals. And so I want to ask, ask everybody, especially operators uh, like yourself, uh, you know, just your predictions, you're right. What do you think is happening the next six, 12 months? And obviously nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. However, what we believe affects what we do, right? Yeah, Our actions yeah, yeah. and if we're buying or selling or all those things. But just wonder, you know, what your thoughts are, what you all are doing, how and how that's changing your that steps you all are taking, right? That action yeah, you're taking. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, obviously we're in a a very interesting time right now. And I think, you know, market-wise, you know, it's it's probably the most challenging market multifamily-wise since I started in 2015, you know. Um, transactions are obviously down 70 to 80%, depending on the data source. Um, I think, you know, where we are right now, I think there's a lot of opportunity. You know, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, six months post-COVID, you know, at that time where everyone was just frozen and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of deals to be had, but like, you know, there was the deals that were selling, 
you know, if you look, you know, fast forward two years from now, they bought at great bases. And it feels like that right now, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing, you know, pricing that's, you know, 10, 20, sometimes 25% off peaks. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of more clarity is here now, given that, you know, the Fed's kind of indicated that, you know, we're closer to the end, you know, there may be one or two more strike um, uh, hikes, but we're closer to the end. That doesn't mean, you know, anyone knows when rates are going to drop, but it feels like right now, you know, from a pricing standpoint, the power is definitely shifted back to the buyer. It's probably the first buyer's market that I've really been in since 2015 in this business. Um, we're selling a few deals, we're trying to sell a few deals. So we know, you know, firsthand that the terms you're getting, you know, aren't, um, you know, seller friendly. Um, and so, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of demand for multifamily, you know, obviously, you know, the cost of home ownership with interest rates up, you know, fuels our business. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of supply coming online right now, um, given that low interest rates of two years ago, it generally takes 18 to 24 months for this stuff to get built. But I think from the next two years, there'll probably be a little bit lower supply, right? If you look at data right now, permits are down. Um, so there could be some good rent growth in 25, 26. Um, so I think, you know, there's going to be some shakeout, you know, I mean, for the most part, if you're well capitalized and you have a long runway, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you just never want to be a forced seller in real estate, you know? And so if you have enough runway, um, you know, you should be able to see it through and, you know, given that, you know, home ownership rates, I think have peaked in this country, you know, long-term, you know, there's a shortage of housing, you know, multifamily units for sure. Um, and so I think, I think there's, there's a, there's long-term, a, a lot of potential, um, you know, do I think the years of doubling your money in, in, in two years are, are going to come back? I don't think so. And I never, we never planned for it. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm a firm believer of holding real estate, you know, um, I think it's, you know, it becomes more of a wealth creator than, you know, having this transactional, like every two years. And, um, but look, you got to take the opportunities when they present themselves, um, so, so yeah, we're looking to buy right now. I mean, we're, you know, in, you know, three, four best and finals the last couple months. Um, it is hard right now with interest rates and, you know, um, you know, I think investor sentiment, you know, um, you know, when they see the stock market and you could put, you know, get 5%, you know, in treasuries right now and whatnot. So I think it's just, but having the long-term view, right? Like five years from now, you know, and just look back five years. I mean, the stock market that, yes, the last six months has done great. Let's look at it over sixty months, you know, and so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 optimistic. I think things are going to start um, thawing, you know, if you will, the next little while. Um, you're starting to see some of these deals where operators maybe weren't well capitalized, you know, have rate caps expiring, and you know they were hoping last year they were hoping 2023 Q3 rates are going to come down. I'm going to hang on till there that that you know, and now we got to wait maybe another year, you know. Um, so I'm thinking, so I'm, 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 I'm seeing some signs of, of more deals, um, you know, coming to market. So I'm optimistic. I think, I think, you know, in three, four years from now, you know, guys that were able to buy in this 12 to 18 month window will be, um, will be thankful. Yeah. What about uh, your, what's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Uh, I mean, we we go to a lot of events, you know, um, and so that's that's you know, I mean, I think that it's hard to uh, replicate that in person touch and you know feel. Um, referrals is huge for us, um, and so so that's that's a that's a good source. And then 
you know, we're relatively active on social media. We've written a lot of blogs on LinkedIn. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to improve that, um, you know, it kind of the, the marketing aspect, uh, but really, you know, referrals um, and networking events um, are, are primary, primary too. What's your best advice for passive investors right now? I think be patient, you know, um, you know, I, what, it, what I've seen in the last seven years is like, investing in commercial real estate was not mainstream before, you know, it was, it was not widely known. Then it became more popular with, you know, a lot of these social media and whatnot. And, and I think for good reasons. Um, but then people kind of got overexcited, if you will, you know, be patient, do get your education, um, build your own criteria, right? Don't have like, Hey, my friend's investing in this deal. I'm just going to go put money out, have your own criteria. And I heard a saying, you know, investing is just like, you know, in commercial real estate, it's just like, you know, like a train, right? There's another one coming, you know? And so I would say, be patient, do your due diligence, make sure that that investment opportunity that you're considering matches your predefined criteria, right? Because you could be a growth investor like me, I'm, I'm not necessarily not looking for cash flow when I'm investing, you know, or you could be a cash flow investor, right? Where you're like, I don't really care about growth. I just want a little bit of cash flow. And so, and then, you know, types of assets and obviously team and sponsor, but I think, you know, be patient right now is, 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 is my advice now. And, you know, always. What are some of the most important metrics that you track? Uh, and it could be personally or professionally, uh, or, I mean, it could be, I would say it could be as simple as how many times you get out of bed on time, or it could be your bench press number, or it could be <laughs> how many deals you all are underwriting, you know, whatever, whatever the most important metrics are to you. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's uh there's a lot, I mean, big macro wise, right. I'm always, I'm looking at job growth, you know, um, just population growth. And then, you know, I, I look at, you know, the you know, interest rates, obviously, but from a business perspective, it's, we know that based on the number of deals we've done, how many deals we need to look at, how many deals we need to offer at. So those are weekly things that we look at, like how many deals we need to tour, you know? Um, so we, we track that because if we've got a goal to do X amount of deals and we're not touring enough deals, you're, you're not going to get deals done. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really macro wise population, job growth, you know, where are people moving? Are we in that path of progress? And then company wise, you know, are we, you know, doing enough blogs? You know, are we doing uh, touring enough deals, underwriting enough deals, you know, and we track, you know, how often we talk to brokers. Right. I mean, you know, like when every week we've got a list of 40 or five brokers, we want to touch at least 15 to 20 of them every week, you know, and if we're not doing a good job of that, that's going to impact our deal flow, you know, so things like that. Nice. No, I like that. Uh, any other habits that you're disciplined about that have proven? You know, I mean, I think this is probably common with a lot of folks, but I was never an early riser. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, kind of, you know, life, you know, kids and, and whatnot. And, and I love my mornings, you know, and, and it's, it's just a game changer. Honestly, I think I get most of my actual work done, you know, before seven 30 in the morning, you know, and then the rest of the day, you know, calls and whatnot, but that is my time. You know, no one's up, no one's pinging you on Slack or email. And, you know, those two to three hours, you know, um, have really changed, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, just how I work and, you know, um, yeah, I think, I think that's been a good habit. And, um, and then, yeah, I try to keep my, my evenings, um, for my family. 
Love that. I appreciate your importance on the family as well. And and I couldn't agree more about the few hours in the morning. I woke up uh, I woke up this morning about 4.15 and I thought, I'm just going to go ahead and get up because it's yep. like I can get so much more reading and work done, you know, uh, during that time uninterrupted. Uh, what about uh, the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Um, Just surrounding myself with like-minded people. You know, I think, you know, um, coming from a corporate America background, you know, you're, you're, you're surrounded by people that, you know, have that goal or whatnot. And, you know, when I wanted to kind of pivot and and translate into, you know, business and entrepreneurship, just really kind of seeking out folks that were doing that, you know, and I think, you know, um, in this business, it's a team sport. Um, but that, that, that change, I think, um, truly helped, you know, because, you know, otherwise, you know, I don't think I would have, you know, grown to where we are now and, you know, continue to, you know, try to get yourself in rooms that you quite honestly probably don't deserve to be in, you know? And so, um, you know, just like, you know, I, I'm starting to play golf now and I like to play with guys that are better than me, you know, and, and it just, it improves your game and you kind of think how they think and just like any element in life, right. Go seek out the folks that have done it, you know, ahead of you and from before you and, 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 and you can learn a lot more that way. No doubt about it. That's worse. Some wise words there for sure. Uh, how do you like to give back? So we're, um, you know, we give back a lot here in, in terms of our time, you know, in the community, um, you know, meetups and we do a lot of real estate education and whatnot locally. But I think what I'm most proud of is we, you know, um, underprivileged children in India. Um, there's a orphanage there that we support. Um, my wife and I started it, you know, 10 years ago when we got married and we support to that, that, uh, you know, annually. And, you know, we want to continue to do that. So that's, you know, underprivileged child, children and uh, children's education is very important to me. Awesome. Well, Shane, I'm grateful for you sharing that. But uh, grateful for your time uh, today and yesterday and, and staying with us so long uh, and just really diving into your all's process, right? From asset management, uh, that you know, how that trickles down to a, a great report or product, you know, for your investors to inform them so well. Uh, just grateful for your, you know, just sharing through that because that, that's helpful to me. And I know many other operators and investors, uh, passives that are listening, it's important, right? They want to be communicated yep. well with, and I don't blame them. I do too as an LP, right? right. Uh, and so I, I just appreciate your transparency and helping us. Uh, tell the listeners again how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, thanks, Whitney, again for having me. Um, you can reach um, me at uh, shane at catequity.com. That's my email. Um, our website is catequity.com and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me there under, you know, uh, Catalyst Equity Partner, Shane Thomas. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.